Welcome to church this morning. Will you stand with us and worship today? We're so glad you're here today. Hope that you feel the Lord's presence while you're here today.
know sometimes when the enemy tells us we need to be quiet, we just need to get a little bit louder, amen? How many know that sometimes when he tells us that we're pressed down and there's nothing to us, we just need to get a little bit louder. We just need to let something of the Lord begin to rise within us, amen? We just need to let the Lord stir something so that we can speak to the enemy. Sometimes we just have to get a little bit louder. James 4.8 says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your heart, you double-minded. I just feel like the Father is trying to say he wants us to come closer to him. He's drawn us closer to him because when we're closer to him, we know his heart. When we're closer to him, we hear his voice louder. When we're closer to him, we understand his ways. Amen? 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says the Lord searches, his eyes search to and fro throughout the whole earth to find those whose hearts are completely his. Now sometimes we have to lay down those things that are in the way. And I feel like he's saying whatever's in the way. And I know, I feel like I keep saying this over the past few months, but God's calling us closer and he's calling someone, us, his children, because he can show himself strong on our behalf when we lay down the things that we are not supposed to have in our lives, amen? He can work in our lives in ways he can't. He can do things for us that he can't do. And his eyes are searching the whole earth because he's looking for those who have a heart after him. He's searching for those of us who long to be with him. But see, we can't pursue him until he pursues us. So he's seeking us and asking us to seek him. Amen.
nothing else in this world compares to you.
that your heart's desire this morning nothing else nothing else Lord we just want you Lord we just want you through our trials God we just want you through our valleys God we want you through the highs and the lows Lord Lord we just want you and nothing else just worship him this morning church hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Jesus. 
Father, we just come to you this morning, Lord. God, with an expectation in our hearts, Father. A heart that is ready to receive from you this morning. Thank you so much, Lord. That we can come into your house, God. That we can lift up hands. That we can lift up our worship to you this morning. God, because we desire nothing else in this moment, we desire nothing else, Lord. <laughs> but just to be in your presence. To be able to worship you freely. To be able to talk to you freely, God. We thank you. God, you are an awesome, awesome God. And we just, you're so worthy of our praise and our worship. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing in our lives, God. Father, I pray right now, God, that you keep our hearts open and our minds ready to receive the word you have for us this morning. We're ready, God. We're ready for more. We're ready for more of you, God, in our lives, in our church, in our families, in our country. God, we're ready for more because nothing else is going to pull us out of that valley. Nothing else is going to pull us out of that, that muck and that mire, God, except you. So, God, we seek you this morning. <laughs> we worship you. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And his church says, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Did you come expecting this morning, church? I can't stop moving. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's just something in me, but I'm just excited for what God has in store for us this morning. Church, you can be seated. It's my honor to welcome our bishop, Bishop Rick Helton. Come on up, brother. He's going to give us the word this morning. Cornerstone Worship Center. You are, you are maturing in your worship. It's an honor to be here this morning in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He shows up where he's welcome. And I can tell that you desire him. You honor him. You welcome him into your presence and into your services. Without him, we really aren't much. Amen. So I commend you, the praise team. I would like to ask them uh, if they spend time together in prayer. And my guess would be that they do. That's what it takes. We have to be in prayer. We have to be touching the heart of God. Amen. Oh, it is such an honor to be back with you. Been a while since I've been here. Uh, not because I didn't want to be. Just had some things going on for a period of time there and, um, that I've never dealt with before in my life. But, you know, God knows. And aren't you glad that even in the darkest trials of your life, 
God is still God. Don't we appreciate the never-changing God? Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. He's still God. So I want to thank Pastor TJ and Sister Pastor for the opportunity to be here and be with you today while they're out of town uh, just getting a refreshing. What a wise board and what a wise church you are to send your pastor and his family out of town and say, go and just don't worry about anything. Just get refreshed. Amen? But you know it's hard for a pastor to just relax. Even if you send him out of town. He's been pastoring me. <laughs> Not really. But he's checking in on me, you know. You okay, Bishop? Are you happy? Are you good there? You got a good room? You need something? I said, Pastor, I'm low maintenance. Relax. Amen. Relax. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your family. It's hard for a pastor not to be a pastor. He has a shepherd's heart. And I would just like to say, through your prayer, through your diligently seeking the heart of God, through your board, diligently seeking all across the nation for the pastor that would come and pastor this church, I commend you because I believe you got the right one. You believe that with me? Amen. I believe it. <clears throat> I believe that with all my heart. And I'm going to instill in him every time I talk to him longevity. So you guys help me with that. I like long-standing pastors. That way we don't have to go through that stuff again, right? Yeah, let, let's, let's start with at least 20 years. Come on. That's on the low side. We'll, go, we'll start with 20 and we'll go from there. But we've got to get 20 in first. Amen? Uh, too, many, too many pastors. This is just in my opinion. Um, just, you know. The hit and run type deal, I call it. I'd rather see somebody just come. And I know we have to follow God. I understand that. But I just wonder sometimes why God moving us around like a chicken on a hot tin roof, you know. So we, we're blessed here. You guys are blessed. You have many children, many youth I forget how many pastor told me was in your VBS that you recently had. Ninety-some, a hundred. It was a lot. And I said, praise God. We have to reach the youth. Amen. So good seeing you up here worshiping, sweetie. Amen. So good. I know her for since she's a little bitty. You're not a little bitty no more. Taller than her grandmother. Standing there beside her grandmother, I said, oh, Lord, she's taller than you. you got to look up to her now. Amen. So today I have something very uh, serious on my heart, very sincere. And it's a little different for me. I'm, I'm traveling without my wife. And uh, she, she certainly is my helpmate. Uh, when she's not with me, I'm about 
a third of what I normally am. I mean, that girl, she just adds to me. Amen? And if you don't believe me, I'm going to share a little story with you just to give you some lightheartedness, and then we're going to move on. Um, I was on the phone with my father this morning. My first, my granddaughter called, checking in. She's FaceTiming me. You okay, Papa? Everybody knows Papa's not very good without Mama. Right? You're all the way down there in Bedford all by yourself. I said, it's okay, baby. Jesus is with Papa. Amen. Then my dad calls. He's talking to me on the phone. You okay, son? My dad's going to be 94 September. He's checking in on his little boy, you know. I said, I'm all right, Dad. And so I'm getting dressed kind of, you know, while I'm talking to Dad. And I said, oh, no. He goes, what's the matter? I said, I miss Rhonda. Well, yeah. I said, no. I said, I don't have a belt. <laughs> he just started laughing. And he said, what do you mean? Where's your belt at, son? You know, dad does not understand a man not having a belt on. Well, when I come down yesterday, I just traveled down by myself, of course, and I was comfortable. I had some very relaxing uh, shorts, sweatpants on. Uh, they don't require a belt. They got a little strap in there you tie, and, you know. And I had that belt in my hand at the house, and my wife comes in. She says, I'm going to help you pack. I said, I got it. Go take care of mommy-in-law. I got it. No, I took that belt, and I hung it up on a hook behind the bathroom door. The one I needed today. And so my dad, being from the old school, he helped his son. He said, son, let me tell you what we used to do when we didn't have no belt. We didn't forget it. We didn't have one. He said, we'd take a string and we'd tie it between two of them belt loops, snug them belt loops up, and tie that string up good and tight. I said, okay. I said, where am I going to get a string? I got shoelaces, but I need them to strap on my feet. And I had this little flashlight in my bag, and it had a string on it. So guess what's holding Bishop's pants up today? And it was long enough, I put two strings on my pants. I got double protection. Since I, amen, since I had COVID back in the winter, I lost some weight, and I need a belt. I need a belt. Well, if something happens while I'm preaching, and my trousers do something they shouldn't do, y'all can say, Bishop just preached his britches off up there today. Amen. Amen. Oh, my Lord. So my wife, she's checked in on me three times already. She's watching online. One of you guys will probably get a call in a little while. She'll say, go up there and tell him to sit down and take a break a minute. But, you know, it's good to have people love you. So I stand before you today very humbly, very humbly, face to face, and I tell you, thank you for any and every prayer, 
that you offered up to the Lord on my behalf and on the behalf of my wife. We certainly went through it back in the winter with COVID. Uh, ended up hospital, hospitalized uh, two different times with double pneumonia. And uh, when I left there, one of the doctors said, you're, uh, you're, you're not going to recover. Four other doctors said, don't listen to her. Go home and rehab and go on with your life. Jesus said, I am life. And so I trust the Lord. Amen. But I thank you. Amen. Sister Pastor and I, Sister Bishop and I, we, uh, we thank you dearly and sincerely for praying for us. Your pastor, God bless him, he checked in with me often. And uh, if I couldn't talk, he would text me. How you doing, Bishop? We are praying for you. Cornerstone is praying for you. Do you know how refreshing and how uplifting that is when you don't have the strength to pray for yourself? It is such an encouragement to know that there are people out there who love you enough to hold you up before the Lord because that's where things get taken care of. Amen, church? The best relationship you will ever have on this earth, yes, with your spouse, but I'm telling you, when you are in that communion prayer and that communion spirit with the Lord and the Holy Spirit is there with you, you have the Word of God in your heart. There is such a special relationship. There's nothing better on the face of earth. Always give Jesus the honor that he is due. Amen? Praise God. Um, today I want to preach on the thought uh, that the disciples uh, said to Jesus uh, when they were watching him pray. And the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Now, I want to do this a little different. I'm not going to go down through the prayer and teach us to pray today because I believe most of us know how to pray. Some of the most dynamic answers to prayer I've ever witnessed in my life were not even spoken. They were not even spoken. But, oh, believe me, they came from a sincere heart. They came from a heart that was desperate, a heart that was hungry, a heart that wanted God. Amen? And so today, I want to look at this a little bit different. Lord, teach us to pray, Luke 11 and 1, and I'm reading out of the King James Version on this, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples, Father, forever how long that you deem here today. Let us, as we are gathered here together in the presence of God, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and with your precious word, let us hear, let us understand, and let us have the courage and the faith to go forward and obey your precious word. Let us honor and cherish our relationship with you 
that we may bring honor to our Father in heaven from the life we are living upon this earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So in, these, in this one verse here, church, you see a couple things that's going on. You see that Jesus was praying. And if you follow Jesus' ministry in his life, he would go off and pray often. But this time he was praying in the presence of his disciples. And so Jesus was praying, but the disciples were there with him, and they were witnessing him praying. Well, not only was Jesus touching the heart of the Father for himself, Oh, God bless you. Thank you. Not only was he touching the heart of the Father for himself because he was praying to God, right? Grandma only going to take you so far, sweetie. Mama's prayers and grandma's prayers only take us so far. There comes a time that we have to stand before the Father with our own relationship and we have to be responsible with our walk. Amen? And so Jesus himself was taking time to touch the heart of the Father for himself. Come on, somebody. And the disciples were there watching and witnessing. But not only was Jesus touching the heart of God for himself, but he was being a witness and an example unto his disciples. He was showing them this is important. And another thing that I see in this, one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I got to looking that over and thinking about it, and I thought, how many different things, how many things could the disciples ask Jesus for? They had seen him do many things. They could have said, hey, Lord, uh, how about teaching us how to preach? Amen. He was a pretty good speaker, you know. Used those parables. Touched many lives. They could ask him, hey, uh, we've been watching you and we notice that miracles happen. How about teaching us how to do miracles? Could they not have asked these things? Hey, Lord, how, how about asking us how to do healings? But they didn't. They said, hey, Lord, teach us how to pray. Isn't that amazing? That of all the things the disciples could ask for, they never even asked for wisdom. They never asked for a new mansion. They didn't ask for a new house. Lord, teach us how to pray. That is the most important, most effective thing that you will ever do upon this earth. Oh, I hope you catch this. Get down on your knees before Almighty God and touch the heart of the Father on your own behalf and on the behalf of those that you are concerned about. Do you think our nation needs to be covered in prayer today? Have you ever seen darker times? I have not. And I'm telling you the answer is, church, we have got to continue to pray. We've got to pray in front of our grandchildren. We got to pray in front of our children. We got to pray in front of our spouses. We got to pray in front of our co workers. We got to pray in front of the public. 
when we bow our head and thank God for the meal that he's about to give us here and ask him to bless it into our body for nourishment that we might have the strength to go forward. Amen. Lord, teach us how to pray. And then he went down through there and he said, okay. And he gave them the model for prayer. Amen. I'm not going to get into that today. I want to go somewhere else. I just thought it was amazing that of all the things they could ask for, teach us how to pray. You want to be a good preacher? You'll have to be a good prayer first. Well, they told me to study the Word. The Word is what you're going to pray about. Yeah. You know what I pray most of the time when I pray? I pray the Word. I pray the Word right back to you. Your Word says. Amen. And then we get a stand on that. I remember one time at our church, my wife and I were going through something. Or maybe she was and I was going through it with her. You know, we're together, right? So they had us up front, the pastor and the sister pastor. And the church was praying over us. Amen? Can I encourage you? And maybe you do it. God bless you. Get your pastor and his family up front often. And you pray over them. You pour into them. You ask God to help them. Amen? Seriously. And we're down there and we're praying. One of the old school girls, Sister Carrie Lane. I'm telling you, when that woman looked you in the eye, you saw something besides flesh. There was a fire in there. And it about half scared me most of the time. For the first year or two that I went to that church, I sidestepped her. You stay over there. Amen. One of them kind of saints. You knew she carried the, the Holy Ghost with her. And she was praying over us and she said, she took her Bible and she threw it down on the floor. And I'm like, oh, no world are we doing here? And she opened it up to a certain verse and she grabbed my wife. She said, stand on that word. My wife, man, I mean, I, oh, her poor little mind had to be just, oh, my Lord, is this really? And my wife looked at her and she said, I said, stand on the word of God. And up on that Bible she went. And I prayed, Lord, don't kill us now. Just help us. We just need help. Amen. But do you know that standing on the word of God is exactly what we need to do? We need to quit hearing all the nonsense of the world and hear what thus saith the Lord, don't we? And believe it and pray it back to him and say, Lord, your word says, by my, by my stripe, by your stripes, I am healed. We have to quote that, believe it, and confess it, amen. And so the word goes with the prayer, but the Holy Ghost also needs to be present. I'm looking for a day. And if you're doing this, dads, your family and your children are blessed. A dad that will sit at the dinner table and pray over the meal. The dad, the father, the head of the household. 
looking for dads that will grab their children up, up under his arms, maybe in his lap, and pray over them and pray the blessings and the promises of God in their lives. Amen? When your children get hurt, do they come to you, Dad, and say, Daddy, it hurts. Would you pray for me? We need a dad. We need a mom who's not afraid to pray in front of their children. I pray to God that moms and dads would start praying together. There's a synergy. When mom and dad comes together, the enemy cannot fight that. I'm telling you, there is a power. I'm going to show you something here. This thought just came to me. I was in the hospital the first time with the COVID. The first time had double pneumonia. And every day, the inflammation was getting worse. Every day, uh, my oxygen levels were getting worse. Day after day after day. That went on for a whole entire week, seven days. At the end of that seven days, I wasn't breathing very good. I wasn't doing anything very good. And I told them, I said, the dumbest thing that I've ever seen in my life is to keep a man's family from him in a time when he needs them the most. They wouldn't let my wife, my dad, nobody, nobody come and see me. Just the nurses. Amen. I said, I've never seen the such. And I said, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask everybody I know to pray that that there will get turned around because that's just crazy. Guess what? They come in on Sunday and said, you can have visitors starting tomorrow. Amen? Yeah. Prayer. Prayer. Guess who's the first one to come? Who do you think the first one to come in there? That's right. A little old fireball. She'd come up in there and she had bags and it looked like she's getting ready to pack me up and take me home. I said, I told the nurses, I said, look, there is something very powerful about the touch of a loved one. And I said, there's something very powerful about somebody you love and trust to put their hands on you and pray over you. And I said, that is what I need. I said, I know there's people praying. I need my wife in here to put her hands on me, anoint me with the oil, and we go to the Lord together. Together we go to the Lord. And guess what happened? My wife comes in, put her hands on me. Well, she hugged me, about choked me half to death. I couldn't breathe good anyhow. I said, baby, baby. Let me breathe. Oh, I'm sorry. And so here we are. And she holds me and she prays over me. And we go to the throne of God together. That was Monday. Tuesday, I'm way better. Wednesday, I'm way better. Thursday, I'm way better. Friday, I go home. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? The power of prayer. But there's nothing more powerful than the two that God put together and two become one. Join in, in prayer. Join in prayer, mom and dad, over your family. Watch and see what God will do. Amen? I want to turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 25. This might seem a little 
bit out of the way, these verses, but I think I'll tie them in to where they can help us. Excuse me for one moment. I haven't got to walk around like this while I'm preaching for a long time. And if my wife was here, I wouldn't be doing it now. The other day, I was just getting back into the pulpit. And uh, I went up there. And, of course, when I get up to the pulpit, I got my mind on the Word, my mind on the Lord. And, and uh, I was supposed to grab, there was a tall stool. I was supposed to grab it bring it up there to the pulpit. When I got tired, I supposed to sit down on it, just keep going. I forgot it. I get going there, and my wife must have heard me breathing a little bit or something, and here she comes, sis. And my wife, after 20-some years, she has never, ever, ever approached the pulpit. Never. And I seen her coming, and I knew she's coming to the pulpit, and she's coming up, and I thought, oh, Lord, what have I done? What have I said? What is she going to do? And she just went right on past me, and I kept trying to preach. I thought, she's going to hit me in the back of the head. What's going on, Brother Bat? Woo! And she got over there, and she got that stool, and she brought it up and set it right beside me, and she goes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Not going to argue with you right now. Amen. Oh, she was here today. I wish she was. Even if she would, make me sit down a minute. Here we go, watch. Mark 5 and 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better. King James was a hillbilly. Nothing bettered, bettered E.D., he said. But rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in right behind him and touched his arm. For she said, if I met as close, I shall be whole. And she went out, her blood was dried up, and she fell on and she was healed of the age. I want to tell you why I really use the first. So many people have a negative view of God. Even some Christians have a negative view of God. They think God is just mad at them. They think God is just upset with them. And they think God is just waiting for them to mess up so he can punish them some more. But I want to present to you that this woman that wasn't even supposed to be out in public went out into public. And this woman that certainly was not supposed to be touching anybody went for to touch somebody because she had faith in her heart and she believed in her heart. Yes, she believed that God was here, but she also had to believe that God is good. And he would not look at her and say, Woman, you are unclean. Flee from me. She had to believe in her heart that he would not embarrass her in public. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God is good. All the time. Even when he makes a harsh judgment, God is good. Amen? This lady had to know in her heart, because in the Jewish law back then, she was ceremonially unclean. She was not allowed in public. She knew that, and everybody else knew it. Jesus knew that. 
But Jesus said, you've been made whole. Go about your way. Amen? He never mentioned her being unclean. He never mentioned her, her issue with blood. He said, your faith has made you whole. We have to know, church. Yes, God knows all things. He knows my bad. He knows my shortcomings. But he also knows when you get on your knees before him and you have sincerity in your heart and you ask God to help you, he is a good God and he will help you. He will hear your cry. He'll see the sincerity of your heart. We've got to know that our God is a good God. What do we sing? He's a good, good father. Yes, you are. Amen. God, in all of our filthiness, still went to the cross on behalf of us, the dirtiest, most sinful people alive. While we were yet sinners, he went to that cross. He didn't ask us to get cleaned up. He didn't ask us to do better. He said, do you believe? Do you believe, hallelujah? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe enough to get on your knees once in a while and cry out to God on behalf of yourself, on behalf of others, on behalf of your pastor, on behalf of your church, hallelujah? We've got to make sure that we are doing the most important thing in life. And that is humble ourselves in the sight of God. Humble ourselves and ask him for help. There's no doubt the most anointed preachers, whoever they are, have paid the price for the anointing. You're not buying it. You're not purchasing it. You're just continuing to believe in hard times. Are you hearing me? You're just continuing to believe and trust God in hard times. Yes. You don't throw in the towel. You throw the towel at old Satan's head and cover up his ugly face and say, get thee behind me. I'm going to believe God. Amen. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. There was a lot at risk. By the way, that lady is unnamed. Anybody ever study out and try to find what her name was? She's unnamed. She's unnamed. But she sure has been talked about a lot in a good way. Amen? In a good way. God sees and knows all. Because he sees and knows all, he still chooses to love you and I unconditionally. Unconditionally. And he'll use every circumstance in your life to try to convince you to draw more near to him. When I was down on my back the second time, within two weeks, double pneumonia again. That time I was in the hospital for four weeks. And I was flat on my back. I did not have the energy, church, to just sit up in bed. No stomach muscles. Couldn't push up with my arms. My muscles were gone. 
Jesus didn't walk in the room, but his presence did. You know what I mean? His reverend presence came in my hospital room. And I knew it was him. And I was afraid because I knew I was unclean and undone. Should have got a couple amens there. Do you know you're unclean and undone? You've not arrived yet. We're on this side of heaven, church. Amen? And I didn't see him sit down by my bed, but I knew he was there. And he spoke to me, return to your first love. That's what he spoke. And that's all he spoke. And he spoke it in such a love that I never encountered up to that day or since. Return to your first love. It was not a condemnation. It was a sincere conviction. Busyness, family, life. These things are getting in between us. And I'm jealous. Return to your first love. You know what I did? In my heart, I never even spoke a word, Brother Flynn. I said, yea, Lord. Yea, Lord. You see, when God speaks, he is a spirit of truth. He cannot lie. And when he speaks something so profound as that into your heart, please have enough reverence for him to have the courage and the faith to obey. Amen? And so since that day, my eyes leak a lot. They leak a lot. They're leaking right now. Because God is love. And the song you sang a while ago caused me to get out of my chair and get down on my knees and cry out to my God and thank him for loving me and being a good God. Amen. When I got up from my knees, I looked down through here and there was a whole church full of them that was praising God and thanking God for who he is in their life, giving him honor, giving him praise. And that's why I said, you have matured. You are still maturing in your worship cornerstone. Continue on. Continue on because there's more. How many knows there's always more with God? There's always more. You may think you're doing the best you can. And you may be running to and fro. You may be putting 190,000 miles on your pickup truck in three years and you think, man, I'm blazing a trail and God will walk up into your room and say, return to your first love, son. Come on, somebody. Huh? Oh, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. God wants you and I more than he wants anything else. 
And honey, when that gets a little bit out of balance, he'll remind you. And aren't we grateful and thankful that he does? Glory to God. I guess I can still get loud. I told that lady brought me the, bless her heart, brought me the mic. I said, yeah, I need that. I, I probably can't holler like she said. Oh, I'll bet you can. God is so good. We're a blessed people. You're in a community that has more power than the devil. Amen. Come on. You're in a community. I call it the faith community. I covet prayers. Mama Bailey. What we used to call you at camp? Mama Bailey, Grandma Bailey, Mama Jules. Then we had Papa Helton. We got Papa Abba Father. He loves you more than I'll ever be able to explain, but I'm going to keep trying. Amen? Because his love is the greatest thing. And thank God that his love never ends never fails. Amen, church? Amen? His love. Hey! You know what, Brother Matt? You just made a lifelong friend with my wife because she's watching online. Look at here, baby. I'm sitting down. I'm being a good boy if I don't fall down. Ah! Ah, that ain't working. Let me get over here where I can see y'all. I got to see you. There we go. She said, I'll be, wa- I'll be watching online. Oh, I know, I know. Okay, pray for me. I am. Look here, baby. I'm having a seat. Amen. I'm having a seat with Jesus. Mama Jules, I seen you at point and look. I said, oh, Lord, did my pants fall down? <laughs> she pointed at me like, I'm like, That's scary. I, I, I put a check in my spirit. Brother Branham's still lingering around. That honorary spirit, amen. And the church can say, Amen. Praise God. Recently, and I'm going to close with this. Recently, my uh, nephew, one of my nephews, had a cyst on the inner thigh here. And it had been there for quite a while, but, you know, he's a young man with family, works hard every day to raise his family. And uh, that cyst kept growing and growing and growing. Finally, he couldn't really work or function with it, so he went to the doctor, right? That's what we do. When we have to go, we finally go. And the doctor said, uh, I'm pretty well convinced that is cancer. 
the big C word. Very scary for a young dad raising family. And they sent him to the University of Chicago to get a confirmation, to get another opinion. And he went to Chicago and they checked him out. And the doctor there said, I give you 10% chance that that is not cancerous. 10% chance. They did a biopsy. And the biopsy came back 100% clean. No cancer. Amen. But the faith community, the faith community were praying and asking God for mercy and asking God for healing. Amen. Why do we pray? Because God hears us. If he hears the bad, he certainly hears the good. Why don't we keep calling out to a good father? Amen? Amen? Do you have uh, altar workers? You have, would the, would the uh, prayer team come up, please? Those that work the altar? Because we are going to go to the Lord in prayer. I would like for you to remember Rhonda and I. Thank you again for your many prayers. But here's my request to all of you as you stand with us, please. You stand with us. The worship team is going to be playing. We're going to come together here and we're going to pray. Here's my challenge to you today. Could we humble ourselves right now in the presence of God? Could we humble ourselves and could we come forward and share our heart with God? If you need to pray for healing, pray for healing. That's fine. I thank God for those that pray for healing. But what about if we share deeper things like, Lord, I pray that I'll be a, become a better witness. There's some people in your family and your neighborhood or your coworkers that still need salvation. We need courage and love to be that witness and that light. I wonder if we said, Lord, I'd like to just enjoy more of Abba Father I'd like to just humble myself and come into his presence more often stay longer because God wants to be the first love of your life I wonder if we could ask for if you're a mom or you're a a wife that you would come and pray Lord, maybe I could become even a more supportive wife. If you're a dad, you would pray, Lord, help me to have the love and the wisdom and the courage to lead my family, to teach them the ways of God, that they themselves will love you. Could we humble ourselves 
for a little bit here today and come and be honest with God. Come on. Come on, all across the room. Come on, it's okay. He didn't turn away the lady that should have not come to him. Ceremonially unclean. He didn't turn her away. He healed her. He showed her love. Will you come? If you need to sit down and pray up here, sit down and pray. But the most important thing is to humble yourself in the sight of God and come and pray.
Amen, church. What a great morning. Bishop Elvin, we are just so honored to have you here today. We just just love you so much. We're so glad that God has kept you here to just continue to bless us and bless our church, bless our bless our Unity Father. We just thank you for him. If you're a guest here with us today, we're so honored that you came out today and you chose Cornerstone to be your place of worship. In front of you is a connect card. If we could get you to fill that out and turn it in our welcome center, we've got a gift just for you. We'd like to get to know you just a little bit better. As you're leaving today, we've got uh, boxes on the walls for your tithing and donations uh, and any of your offerings that you have for the church. We've got a few announcements today. We need a couple of teachers for our two- and three-year-old classes on Sunday mornings. We're looking for somebody that can volunteer just one Sunday a month. If you're interested, uh, please see Carrie Poole. All the materials and everything will be uh, supplied for you, so you don't have to have anything. Just, just donate your time one Sunday a month. Man, we've got a fellowship meeting this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at the church. The Ignite Big Five service will be Wednesday, June 30th at 7 p.m. at the Shelter House, weather permitting. So hopefully we're going to pray for some good weather this week so the kids can have some fun. To celebrate 4th of July, we'll be serving hot dogs and apple pie after next service next Sunday. Right? Are you coming back, Bishop? Next Sunday. <laughs> Let's get him back. All right. And then for fathers, we are so disappointed last Sunday to see us lose power and not be able to get together and celebrate with our dads and, and just show our love and appreciation. But as you leave today, if you have not already gotten your little gift, we've got a gift just for the dads today. So as you're leaving, uh, grab them. We'll have them at the doors. Everybody get one, not just the dads.